we are in the middle of our parashia on the scene of David Amelech with Bathsheba. And uh, we are in Shmuel Pet. The chapters are 11 and 12. In our books, this is on page... Yudad. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 270. Okay? So what we... Who wants to tell us? Okay, let's summarize together. What did we see last week on chapter 11? What did we see? He was looking out of his window. He saw a woman... He, who is he? David Hamela saw a woman bathing or whatever, mikvah, whatever she was doing, and he wanted her. So he sent messengers to inquire about her. He found out that she was Uriel's wife, um, and he brought her anyway, and they were together. She goes back, she finds out she's pregnant, and he, she tells him, and then the, um, then, he, then when he comes back, he tells him to go back to his wife. He didn't end up going back to his wife, so he put him Which on the means line. David tries to cover right. what he did by said because once he finds out that uh, Bathsheba is pregnant, things will be known. So he wants her own husband to spend the night with her, so nobody will know that she's pregnant from him. Right. So he tries twice, even three times, and it doesn't happen. So David doesn't feel that he has a choice but to kill to send Uriah in the battle to be killed. And that's what happens. And um, after she finishes her mourning, Bacheva finishes her mourning for her husband, um, he, he brings her to his house, he marries her, and we finish the chapter with a very, very strong statement that said, Vayera hadavar David Hashem. And uh, the deed that David has, had done was deemed evil in the eyes of Hashem. Okay? So we spoke a little bit last time in about what our rabbis say in regards to David's behavior. And we saw that there is a little bit of division in the different Mefarshim. And those that uh, cover or say that David did not sin, what do they say? What is their argument? Did not see. You know, in the Gemara there is one opinion that says, Everyone that says that David sin is wrong, has a mistake. There's something about when the husband goes away to war, they're not... Exactly. So they say that every woman, uh, that her husband would go to the army, she would have a, a get with her, and then she's not considered Eshet Ish. And in regards to Uriah, the fact that he sends him to die, what do they call him? Hamim, but he was Moret Bamalchut. He was considered traitor to the kingdom. Why? He didn't listen to him, and the way he spoke to him, and the way that he calls, uh, he's uh, generally calls my sir, Adoni, in front of the King David. So now, there is, a, there is another way that Chachamim tells us, David wanted to sin, 
like his intention was to sin. His intention was to be with Bathsheba. No, no, no. His intention was to keep, to to be with Bathsheba, that was a married woman. His intention was to say, to send Uriah to the front lines to get killed. But Rabbi says he wanted to do all these things, but at the end it wasn't. It didn't happen to him. He was kind of protected from being a sinner in these areas, in this level, in this magnitude, because she had a get and because he was a Moret Bamalakut. So it's not that it didn't happen, but the, the magnitude of his sin gets minimized by this uh, fact. Anyways, this is an opinion. I wanted to show you today that I, I read... Yes, because, because there are psukim that say about David, David maskil I don't remember the words, that Hashem was with David all the time. David, maybe because he was so great in everything. I mean, if it was a, if it was a true sinner, then this wouldn't even be an issue. It was another Sunday day. But because he was so great, they're trying to... And because the Tanakh has a statement that David was always uh, like... Uh, supported by Hashem, that everything he did was right, so how come everything was right, what about this? So that's how they, they cover it. But anyways, it's interesting to bring you different positions that um, one of that of them is from the Rivan. Rivan was Rashid's son-in-law who dealt with the question of why David did not lose his kingdom because of his sin, right? That's a question. What happened to Shaul? When Shaul sinned, with the Amalek, that he did not kill uh, Melech Amalek, the king Agag, and he had some compassion for the animals and, and he preserved them. So Shaul loses his kingdom, and the kingdom is taken from him and given to David. And the sin of David that seems, actually, what does it seem to you more, worse. more worse. great? It seems worse. But David does not lose his kingdom. So it, it, we, uh, we're not, we're not going to speak about that, but he was dealing with that. And he presents an interesting approach to the statement of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani is the one that says, Kol David chata Whoever says that David sinned is a mistake. So now he wrote it in a, in a rhyme, in a poem, this Mefaresh. He says, knowing truth that Shaul's entire decree was sealed, that his kingdom did not continue and his sin was stained, whereas David decree, was torn asunder and did not go up on the scale. Even though his sin involving Bathsheba was many times greater, and even though our rabbis of blessed memory tried to vindicate him in his judgment, the reward is great, these rabbis that try to cover David. But scripture does not leave its plain sense. If we check the Psukim, what did we just read? Hashem really saw it with the, uh, in very strict way. So why did he marry that he was pardoned? Why David Amelech is not punished and the kingdom is not taken from him? Why Shaul died in his trespass, even though he was only lenient in the matter of Amalek? Shmuel even cried out for him, for Shaul. Shmuel prayed that Hashem would forgive Shaul. But he was not answered and Hashem did not turn to his prayer. But Shaul did not confess in the manner of those who confess their sins. Rather, he came with excuses and he said that he had pity on the best of the flock. He condemned the people and vindicated himself as if he were walking in his innocence. The main difference between Shaul and David 
is when the Navi, when Shmuel confronts, confronts Shaul and tells him, why didn't you listen to the word of Hashem? Why did you allow Agag to stay with life? Why did you allow this flock to be here, the sheep to be here? Shaul starts bringing excuses. Oh, it was because the people were putting pressure on me. It was because this sheep was so good, we wanted them for Hashem. So he tries bringing excuses. So it was the, about this that Hashem was angry with him, teaching you how difficult it is in his eyes, the eyes of Hashem. What is the most difficult thing in the eyes of Hashem? The sin, pay attention, this is so important. The sin of a sinner who does not recognize his sin. What does it remind us? Okay, perhaps you don't remember. There is and one opinion. Yes. I, don't know, I remember something with Adam and Chava. Beautiful. There is one opinion of Rabbi Yosef Albo that he says, because our rabbis always ask what was the sin that they say, that the Kadosh, he says that the Kadosh knew that Adam will fail. It's human to err, it's human to fail, it's human to want the tree that they tell you not to have. But what was the main scene of Adam Arishon? When he asked him, he blamed him. He blamed the other. He doesn't take responsibility for his actions. So that, according to this rabbi, was the main difference between Shaul and David. But the perfect David, David Atzadik, as soon as Nathan the prophet reproached him, and offered the parable of the rich man, we're gonna see it now. And the poor man, David, what did he do? Confessed, and he was not ashamed, even though he was the anointed king, and he did not find excuses. What did he say? Chatati Hashem, I sinned before Hashem. See that Nathan answered him regarding his confession, etc., etc. This is the whole idea of Teshuvah, and we learn Teshuvah from David Amel. So let's read the chapter, and later I will read for you also, yes, I will read for you also Abad Vanil. Abad Vanil has a very similar approach. Okay? Yehuda. Yes. Shaul was from Benjamin. David comes from Yehuda. Someone could also argue that David had no one else to blame. Like Shaul in that moment had... Um, Shaul in that moment had, did have the pressure from the army and all these people. There's no one for David to blame. He saw the woman, he wanted her, he took her. David could say, I am a king. Or she, I am a king. I, everybody was in the army. He could have so many excuses. So many excuses. Okay? So, girls, let's read chapter you've read. Hashem et Natan el David so that Hashem sends Nathan to David. Who remembers when previously Nathan comes to David and in what context? Was it about when he wanted to bring the ark? When David wants to build the Beit HaMikdash. And Nathan and David tell him, go ahead. But then Hashem is telling him, no. No, but. What is the but? Your children. children. Your children will be, and what is the candy that Hashem is throwing to David? I won't take the throne from your family. Exactly. You will have the throne for eternity, forever. So this is the promise that we receive. 
So Hashem sends now Natan, Vayomer lo. And Natan comes to David and starts telling him, Two men were in the city. Echad, echad ashir. Vechad, trash. One was rich and one was poor. The rich one had a lot of uh, many sheep and cattle. So, but the poor man had nothing except one small ewe, you, have you said? You. You. That he had acquired, he raised it, and it grew up together with him and his children. It ate from his bread and drank from its cup and lay in his bosom. It became like a daughter to him. Then what happened? A wayfarer, Helech is somebody that passed by, came to visit the rich man. He got a guest, he had a guest. And he was reluctant to take from his own sheep or cattle to prepare for the visitor who had come to him. So what did he do? So he took the poor man's ear and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Is clear? The parable is clear? So pay attention. Natan is coming to David. And what is Natan doing? What is he doing? He's telling him a story. He's telling him a story. Parable, like a machine. He's teaching him a lesson. He's, he's, he's telling him something. Let me tell you a case. There is this case. There were two men, one rich, one rash, one poor, and this had a visit. This one, the rich one, had a visitor, and he has to prepare a barbecue for his visitor, and he didn't want to use from his sheep. So what does he do? He takes from the only one that the poor man had. So Natan is telling the story. Natan didn't ask any question, but immediately David jumps, interrupts him, and says, David was very indignant about this man, and he said to Natan, as Hashem lives, any man who does this deserves to die. David and he must pay fourfold for the ewe because he did this deal and because he had not pity. Okay, what is a little bit strange here? He didn't realize he's talking back in? He doesn't, <laughs> real, he doesn't realize that Tantanabi is talking to him about his wife. Because it's not about a wife and it's about an animal. Like, and but probably he hears these stories all day that people yeah, come and maybe Okay, first of all, Natan David is coming with a mashal about animals. Perhaps David listens to many stories. He's a judge. Maybe he really didn't think he did anything wrong. Oh, so usually, whenever all of us, whenever we do something wrong and we don't want to live with that, we find justifications. We don't think about that. We move on, we convince ourselves that nothing happened, like he told the man that came from the army, you know, these are things that happen. 
casualties of war. This is normal. Like he doesn't live with that. If David could live on the day, oh, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Definitely, it would definitely ring a bell for him. He doesn't because somehow he's disconnecting himself from the whole situation. By the way, this is very human and all of us do that. All of us. Okay, so, David, what is David's uh, verdict this man deserves? To die. To die. And also he has to pay four times for the animals. What is the halacha really? The halacha in this case is to pay four times. Yeah. Yes, twice if it's, in, if it's a huge animal and four if it's a smaller animal because you carry the animal. So it's four times. But right? You remember that? Yeah. Exactly. You know when they said in the past, like when someone makes a decree, then you have to kind of do it? You know like when they said whoever we find the gold, what kiddush, the goblet, then they have to die or something? And oh. then that person, like, when once you, you say something, something, I don't think that it applies here, but... Oh, because he was a king? No, normally when someone says something, you have to do that. Okay, so I, I'm not sure that this is the way... No, someone says something bad, it happens. No, like when they say, when is Rachel, she hides it, and she dies on the way. Or like, I don't know, there's other situations. I don't know if this is the way it has to happen, not because he said that, but, okay, let, let's try to, to think about why Natan instead of telling David, like, we didn't read all of it, but we will see now that Matan is going to be very, very tough with David and telling him, these are the consequences, you are the man, you did this, and all the punishments. Why didn't Natan come immediately with everything clear and the facts on the table? Why does he bring things in a way of a parable for David and Melech himself to come with this strict punishment? So he can feel it, so he can think about his actions. He has to think about his actions, what else? Well, it's because David is, is very empathetic and sympathetic to other people, but maybe for himself, like you said, he was making excuses and he didn't see it on a human level. Okay, so good. Usually, when you hear about somebody else, you are able to make a Objective. judgment. Objectively. If it's about you, you will become defensive, you, you will start finding excuses. It's easier to judge other people. But also, if you pay attention, when David makes this verdict of this man has to die and they have to pay four times the, the value of this animal, is because this parable does not speak only about normal circumstances. It's not only about the fact he stole. You understand? I go to somebody's house and I steal a sheep. It's not the same as this man that took the sheep from the poor man. Why? Exactly. There is a, a big level of cruelty. There is no compassion. There is no empathy. There is a man that has it all and is totally insensitive to the suffering of the other. It's a very, very extreme case of lack of sensitivity and caring for others. So the Natanavi has to bring it in a way that David Amelok will be able to realize it wasn't just taking a married woman. It wasn't just sending a man to the... You are a king. You had so many women. You are not a normal man that just has one woman and takes another woman. You had all the women that you wanted. You had to take the woman of a married man that was in the army and so faithful to his, to his people. I didn't even want to come to, to be with his wife for a night. 
So let's see the reaction of Nathan and David. Nathan then said to David, Vayom Nathan and David, Ata ha'ish, ko amar Hashem eloke Israel, anochi meshachticha lemelech al Israel, vanochi tzalticha miyat Shaul, vetna lecha et bet Adonecha, vetna she Adonecha vechekecha, vetna lecha et bet Israel viyuda, veim me'at, veosifa lecha kahena vechaena. So Nathan tells to David, you are the man, Hashem said, I anointed you as a king over Israel, and I saved you from Shaul's hand. I gave you the house of your Lord and the women of your Lord into your bosom. And I gave over to you the house of Israel and Yehudah. And if it were not enough, I would have increased for you this much and this much again. Like all the direction of your life was going into receiving more and more and more brachot from me, Hashem. You received everything. It's like, you know, you have a child that uh, is, is taken from somebody else and you, as a parent, you tell him, what else do you need? We brought for you everything you asked for. You understand? So that is what Hashem is telling David Amelech. Why? Pasuk 9. Madua bazita edvar Hashem laasot hara beenai. את אוליאך איתי הכית בחרב, את אשתו לקחת לך לאישה, ואותו הרגת בחרב בני עמון. So, uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, מדוע בזית את דבר השם, בזית is the same verb that, השם, that the Navi is using against Eli before giving them the, the, the punishment. Um, this pasuk doesn't let us a lot of room for mistaken, right? That David Chata is saying it totally explicitly. And Hashem is explaining why. Total, totally. You took, you killed Uriah, you took his wife for a, for a woman, you killed him in the Cherev, in the sword, with the sword of Bnei Amon. What is the punishment that Hashem is telling uh, David? This is something forever. The sword will stay in your house forever. It's a very, very tough punishment. We're going to see that, we're going to see. Now the sword shall not cease from your house forever, because you have sconed me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hitti to be a wife unto you. It repeats again the same. Ki bezitani v'tikachet eshet Uriah Hitti liot lecha leisha, ko amar Hashem, so says Hashem, hineni mekimalecha ra'a mi betecha. I shall raise evil against you from your own household. I shall take your wives away before your eyes and give them to your fellow man. Who will play with them in the sight of the sun. So you have acted in secrecy. I shall perform this deed in the presence of all Israel and before the sun, David said to Nathan, Hatati Lashem. Immediately, David recognized Hatati Lashem. Now, uh, David could have come with excuses. 
David could have said, hey, no, but she had a get kritut. Hey, no, but he was uh, rebellious. He was, uh, he called, uh, you know, he didn't respect me. He, didn't do, he could have come with many excuses. If, if not to justify, at least to minimize. Oh, I didn't know. I thought that the king, I he could have come with so many things. Or he could have said that everybody was in, at war. I thought everything was lost. You, you can always bring But his sin excuses. was so clear cut. I don't think he did, had any room for excuses. He no. just needed someone to push him to admit. Okay, let's play. Let's play. What excuses could you bring as the king? He's within his rights to take whatever woman he wants. I am the king. But that's not an excuse. I thought, I thought that... The war was going so badly, I thought that all the men are going to die. I, there, there can be, you can always bring something. I wasn't so sad, I was depressed. I, we all use that. Yeah, but they're not bad. I think he, he needed someone to push him to admit it. He felt so guilty about what he did okay. was so wrong. It's that he just needed someone to... Okay, so, so before we continue, because we're taking too many things for granted here. Do you think it's normal for a king, king that has it all, that rules over everything, that controls the lives of others, that can tell Ben Mavetatas, as he said, as he said, Ben Mavetaishaul, this case that you are bringing me, kill that man. The king has that power. He was the most powerful man. Do you think it's normal that the Navi comes and the Navi blames the king and the king accepts that? He was exceptional. He was exceptional, so don't forget that, because we had other kings, like Yerobam, I, I don't remember, I don't know if I brought it, we have other kings in Melachim that we know, that when the Navi came to, to chastise them, to criticize them, They sent them to kill, to be killed. They didn't want to see them or, or to be uh, put in jail. It's not, we cannot take for granted the amazing, unbelievable tzaddikut and anava of David Amelech that is accepting the word of the Nabi. He's showing us what a king of Israel needs to be because the king of Israel is the most powerful man, is the one that rules over the lives of everyone, but he's under the word of Hashem. And who is in between Hashem and the, and the king? The Navi. That's the, the job of the Navi, is to bring from, the, from Hashem to the king, to guide him, to tell him to so, so, so he accepts. That's very important. We cannot take it from granted. Now he's, he's saying, Chatati Hashem, I accept. Now let's see what is the punishment that David Melech is going to get. The first one, Lotasur Cherev Mi Beteja Adolam on Pasuk Yud, on the 10th Pasuk. Onesh den ideh ke mida ke neged mida ala ligat uriah hiti. This is mida ke neged mida. You do you know what does it mean, mida ke neged mida? The punishment is according to what you did. So you killed uriah hiti. No, no, I'm reading, I'm reading a perush. From Pasuk Yud. You killed uriah hiti. So now I'm going to also use the sword in your home but he's going to stay there forever. But the punishment that David said four times he has to pay, it's happening with David, he's going to lose four of his children. The first one is going to be the baby, Bathsheba's child. The second one is going to be Amnon, Absalom, 
anadonia. And some say, we will, we're going to study the stories later, some say that even Tamar, the fact that Tamar was raped is considered like, almost like she lost her life. That's how it is. But this is the first punishment. The sec, by the way, also, uh, okay, we'll see that later. And the other one, who understood the other one? In a knee, Pasuk, Yud Aleph Yud Bet, Yud Aleph Yud Bet, that says, I'm gonna read the, the English, what will happen? The same way you took that woman, the same, you took that woman that did not belong to you, and you took her how? The setter, right? You didn't want anybody to see it. You did it hiding, and you wanted to cover more, so Hashem says, your women, your wives are going to be taken, but in front of everybody, by somebody close to you. You know who is that? Absalom. Absalom is going to take his, his, his wife. When Absalom rebels against David, and David escapes, the Pilakshim stay in the palace, Absalom, his son, is going to take and do that. We're going to study that later on. Okay, um, this is again midah can make it midah because you took Bathsheba. This will happen with Absalom rebellion, and after that, look what happens on pasuk um, Yud Gimel. What is David's reaction? Pasuk Yud Gimel. Vayomer David el Natan chatati laShem. David accepts. David acknowledges. I was wrong. I sinned. He could have said, go from here, don't you ever dare to step on this palace again. He could have done that. He could have killed Nathan. He could have, he could have said, you have no idea what you are talking about. I can explain to you how many... Okay. So he accepts, and then, immediately, Nathan says, Vayomer Nathan el David, gam Hashem he'evir chatatcha lo tamut. So Nathan says, oh, so too, Hashem has commuted your sin. You will not die. From here, what do we learn? You will not die. We learn that he was, he was supposed to be punished with death. Yes, the natural consequence of his actions, when it says here that sword will not abandon your, your home, your household, it should start with him. David had to die. That was the punishment, the natural, direct punishment to the fact that he sent Uriah to be killed. So he deserved to be killed by Hashem, but immediately the prophet tells him, Natan and Abi tells him, Lo, you will not die. Hashem has commuted your sin, you will not die. However, However, because you have thrownly because you have thoroughly blasphemed the enemies of Hashem in this matter. The stone that has been born to you shall surely die. Check what Radak, how Radak explains. What does it mean that David blasphemed the enemies of Hashem? Yeah, 
happy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, gladdened. Oh, you yeah, have made the enemies happy. The enemies of Hashem. Like he gave them fuel. Yeah. Right. They, they can say, hey, you, look what your king does. Look what type of nation you have. Hashem. You respect your king. You want to fight and, and defend your king. You what he does. He sends you to die because but, he wants to take your what, wife. Everything was done in secret. How do they know? Yeah, but things uh, move. We, last week we spoke about how things, you know, once they are known by your family, two people know, they will go ahead and, and, and be punished. Okay, so, uh, however, what is going to be the punishment? The son that has been born to you shall surely die. Nathan then went to his house. Uh, look how Bathsheba is called. The wife of Uriah. So the first thing that happens, the son that the wife of Uriah gave birth to, what happened to it? Vayikof Hashem et Ayelet. He became very sick, like a virus, like whatever. He was very sick. Vayvakesh David et Elohim be'ad anar. Vayatzom David tzom uva belan v'shachav arza. So David pleaded with Hashem on behalf of the boy. David undertook a fast. And when he came in for the night, he lay on the floor. Vayakumuz ikne v'ito alav le'akimom in aretz. The elders of his house stood over him to raise him from the ground. But David, he did not, he would not consent and he did not eat food with them. So David is crying, David is fasting, David is laying on the floor. So the elders, his friends, the people come, my king, come, you're going to get sick, come and eat, come and... But he does not agree, doesn't want to do. Vahi bayom yudchet. It happened on the seventh day. Vayamot Hayeled and the baby died. The baby died after seven days of suffering. After seven days of being ill. Is this immediately after it? Oh, I guess it is. No, no, nine months nine have months. passed. So, but this is just nine months. Yes, the nine months. Born? Yes, yes, yes. Vayiru Abde David Lehagidlo. So now the servants of David Amelech are afraid to come and tell him what happened that the baby died. So it happened on the seventh day of the baby died. David's servants were afraid to tell him that the baby had died, for they said, Behold, if when the baby was alive we spoke to him, but he would not listen to us, how can we tell him the baby has died? He will do something terrible. David was acting in ways, you know when a person doesn't want to eat, doesn't want to drink, just throws himself, it's like a, 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 an acute level of, of depression. It, it's kind of suicidal when you don't want to eat. So they were very afraid to come and tell him now that the baby died because they are afraid that he's going to do something to hurt himself. How is he going to take this? So... So David realized that they were whispering among themselves. That even David met a So David understood that the child died. David himself asked them, Tell me, 
אשתי ובייבי די. ביום אלו מת, די תלי יסי די. By the way, your question, if it was immediate if the baby was born, I'm not sure. Yeah, it could be that it's, yes, I am not sure. We don't know when that time came. I didn't check that. It, it happened when after that time came, but we don't know. It would know. make sense if it's after the baby was born, it's all about the same action. And also maybe one day she had to go through nine months of pregnancies, everybody found out, I don't know, but it's something that we can check. I didn't check that. Okay. Vayakum David meha'aretz. So David, what does he do? He got up from the floor, vayilchatz, and bathed. Vayachalef simlotav, anointed himself and changed his clothes, and he came to the house of Hashem and prostrated himself. Vayavobet Hashem vayishtachu. Vayomer el beito vayishal, וישימו לו לחם ויאכל. He then came to his house, and at his request, they served him food, and he ate. וימלו עבדיו אליו. מה הדבר הזה אשר עשית? So his servant said to him, what is this thing that you are doing בעבור הילד? בעבור הילד חי, צמת ותפק, וכאשר מת הילד, קמת ותאכל לחם. For the living baby, you fasted and wept. And when the baby died, you got up and ate a meal. ויאמר, so he answers, בעוד הילד חי, צמתי ואבכה, כי אמרתי, מי יודע וחנני השם וחי הילד. So he says, while, while the baby was still alive, I prayed and I cried because I said to myself, who knows, perhaps השם will show me favor and the baby will lie. Like the purpose of David's crying wasn't only Uh, I'm in pain, I'm sad. The purpose was a, a purpose, a, a prayer, a cry that had a, a, had a purpose of Teshuvah. Because perhaps Hashem will, will forgive me and will have mercy and will allow this child to, to live. But now, and now that he died, why should I fast? Can I bring him back? אני הולך אליו והוא לא ישוב אליי. Even if I, I, I will go to, to him, he will not return to me. Like the normal thing that will happen at one point is that I will die and go to him. The baby will never come back to our world. We will go to the other world, but they cannot come to us. Pretty sad, right? Pretty sad. Yeah, it makes you, and, uh, I mean, we all love that enough anyway for many, many other reasons, but it makes you have a soft spot for him. Maybe, yeah. maybe he should have been forgiven. I mean, even though it was so bad. You think so? No. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's written in such a way that I think the Nabi wants you to have. Yeah. I mean, he accepted his Teshuvah and he did that himself. So quite I know. We, we, we... We live in times that we feel a lot of compassion for the baby. Right. The baby came and left. When a baby, God forbid, when a baby passes, the suffering is mainly for the parents. Yeah. The suffering is definitely for the parents. He suffered the baby. But, but the ba- but the, it says here that on the seventh day, they say it was the seventh day of the baby's life. Because okay, so it wasn't oh, it, it, it says one of the things because It could have been a day or two after the illness because um, it could, it's impossible for David to have fasted for seven days. 
So they say on the seventh day of his life, not the seventh day of the illness. So he could have just been ill for a day or two. He could have what? Just been ill for a day or two, not for seven full days, according to this. Why? Because it said David fasted for the whole time, so it's impossible for him to oh, have fasted oh, for a full seven or, days. Or the fast wasn't a complete fast, that's another way of understanding yeah. it. He just didn't want to see to have a baby. The main thing that so if Hashem would have killed David Amalek, that wouldn't show anything to anyone, it wouldn't prove anything, it would, he would have died. And that would, but this made him suffer a lot more than him dying. Yeah, I, I read an, an article from Rabbi Amnon Bazak, that I always mention him. Whoever wants to, to check is in virtual Bet Midrash. Uh, I can even send you the, the link later. He was saying something a little bit tough. Like, speaking about David's greatness, why David prays for the child? Because David, part of the Teshuvah of David is also appreciating and understanding the value of the life of somebody else. But according to Rabbi Amnon Bazak, the, the presence of this baby wasn't something good for David. What does this I baby represent? This baby represents the sin. This baby represents what you did wrong, what, what, what is hitting your face day after day. Yeah, but I don't, I don't believe that. Because someone, God forbid, that's raped and has a baby, you don't punish that no, child. No, 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 no. I say that he still prayed for him. But at one point, when the baby dies, it's come, it brings a little bit also, together with the pain, a little bit of relief. Like, not relief, oh, he died, but kind of, wow, I'm starting a new page. Hashem is kind of it's part of the It's part of, era of the erasing, of erasing what happened in the past. It's a little bit difficult. Way. It's a very sad way, but I mentioned because I read it, uh, it's really tough to, to, to take that. So, uh, so he's saying, now there is no reason for me to fast. Hashem did not uh, forgive me. Hashem, in that, in that sense, he did not allow him to, li to live. So, Pasuk Kavdalet, Vayinachem David et Batsheva ishto, Vayavo eleha, Vayishka vima, Batelet ben, Vatikra et shemo shlomo, Vashem ahevo. David comforted his wife Batsheva, and he came to her and lay with her. She gave birth to a boy and called his name. Who is calling the name? Who is giving the name to the she baby? She is. She is giving she... the baby. She is giving the name. The baby is called Shlomo. Vashem Ahevo. Vaishlach Beyadnatan Anavi. And. What's good? You named who? Yadidia. Wait, wait, wait. He sent word through Nathan the prophet and he called his name Yedidia Ba'avur Hashem. What does it mean, Yedidia? What is the meaning of Yedidia? Whoever knows Hebrew. The friend of Hashem. Yedidia. So that's Shlomo. Shlomo. It's called Yedidia. Yes. So he has two names. He has two names or more. Other names as well. So, so I don't know who is here. Who is sending in the hands of Natana Navi? I think they are sending to tell David about the baby, because Batsheva is the one that is giving him the name, right? Yeah. Uh, why, why do it like that? Why write by Grava? Write in parentheses by Grava. 
saying that she called him. We, we don't always know the, the explanation. There is a kriuchtiv here. So perhaps to clarify that she's the one giving a name, Rabbi Amnon Bazak also says that David was not so involved with Bathsheba. She is the one, again, reminding him his behavior, his head, the fact that he murdered, the fact that he was taking, he took an Eshet Ish, but still he, he goes above his feelings and he comes to comfort her. Also there we see his level of, of tzaddikut, like he cares for others. And David names him, yeah. I'm not sure if it's David, if it's the prophet. David or the... I think that was God sent word. If the prophet is David. No, God sent word to Nathan that he loved his child and that yes, was the, the child about whom he had promised David. I shall be a father unto him and he shall be a son unto me. And he called his name Yadidya after hearing that the child was loved. Yeah, so David gave him a second name, Yadidya, yeah. because of Hashem. So that's the Abarbanel's opinion. Abarbanel says that was David the one that gave him this name understanding and feeling that Hashem loves him, but other Mefarshim, like uh, Metzudot and Maharikara, says that it was Hashem and not David that gave the name Yedidia. Also it says it wasn't her first son with him. That they had other sons? Before. But Shlomo was the one that, Hashem that was loved. special and Hashem loved. Okay, now why did I bring the, the uh, books of Tehillim? We don't have a lot of time. But just to show you, chapter Nun Aleph, 51, 51 or 52, let me see if I remember. Uh, I think we, we have studied this a few times, at least I have taught it a few times in the community. Okay, yes, 51. 51. So 51 is the Mizmor of Tehillim that speaks about what we saw here in our chapter when David says, Chatati Lashem, I sinned, two words only. In the Mizmor of Tehillim, we're going to see those two words in a sign, in a whole sign. What was David's Teshuvah? How did he express his feelings? And how strong were his feelings of Teshuvah? And how much we learn about the Teshuvah, about how Teshuvah should be from David Amir. David uh, had the power to transform himself from a sinner to a, from the symbol of sin to the symbol of Teshuvah. And, and, and this is, I think this is amazing and this is beautiful and, and it, it has to fill us all with so much hope to know that no matter how terrible a person can fall and can fail, if there is Teshuvah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu embraces us back and takes us back. It not just forgives, okay, whatever, sit on the side. David Melech shows that he really regrets and he really chooses to follow the, the, the path of Hashem until his last day, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu embraces him in the highest level that we can see. And we read this Tehillim, and we have David Melech as David Tzadik, not as David the sinner. Okay, so here is the Mizmor. We're not going to go through all of it, but a little bit. Lamnatzeach Mizmor leDavid, beboi lav Nathan hanavi. It's a psalm of David when the Nathan, the prophet, came to him. 
כאשר בא אל בצ'ארה, when he came to בצ'ארה, when he slept with him. חונני אלוהים כחסדך, השם, help me with the translation. No, you know what? It's not English, I know why. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me for... As befits your faithfulness? I don't know. I'm not sure if it's the same. Yes. Have mercy upon me, O God, as befits your faithfulness in keeping with your abundant compassion blot out my transgressions. Mechepeshai, so David Amelech is asking from Hashem to have compassion and to erase the sins. Herev kabeseni me'avoni, it's beautiful, the metaphor that is used here, that whenever we do teshuvah, Hashem is washes, washing our sins. Like when you have a stain in your clothes, your, your clothing don't look nice. But when you wash it and it's clean, it's like new again. So wash me through all of my iniquity and purify me of my sin. For I recognize my transgressions and I am ever conscious of my sin. My sin will always be before me. My sin will always be before me. Like uh, when, when somebody, actually so beautiful because the Teshuvah is not only good for us that Hashem forgives us, the person that commits the transgression, that kind of, uh, I say, follows you all the time. It's in the, in the guilt. The, the, the sin is persecuting you. It doesn't allow you to live happily. So the fact that we're asking from Hashem to erase our sin, to wash ourselves, is going to free us, to liberate us from that guilt. So, because I recognize my transgression and I am I'm over, ever conscious of my sin. Against you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are just in your sentence and right in your judgment. Indeed, I was born with iniquity, with sin my mother conceived me. It's kind of an, saying David Amelech, the fact that I'm human, it's already uh, making me a sinner. It's, it's natural to sin. It's natural to sin. Indeed, you desire truth about that which is hidden. Teach me wisdom about secret things. Like, David is hinting here to the fact that he was kind of doing it secretly. But he's recognizing here, Hashem, you desire truth about that which is hidden. You can also see everything that is hidden. Again, he's speaking about the, the action of cleanliness. Purge me with high galbin. Uh, wash me till I am whiter than snow. And if you forgive me, and I will be better than you ever imagined. <laughs> Beautiful, right? Yeah. And more than that, Tashmieni Sason Vesimcha. Let me hear tidings of joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed exult. It's really a, a, a transformation. From my pain, let me Hashem go to voices of. Happiness and joy. Hide your face from my sins, blot out all my iniquities. Really, 
when a person makes something wrong, uh, and Hashem is going to punish him, it's because Hashem is paying attention to what you do. So what does it mean that Hashem forgives me? What does, what does it mean? What does it mean, imagine as parents, my child is misbehaving, the best thing that can happen for my child is that I, I decide to ignore, to look to the other side. I'm not going to pick on that behavior. So this is what David Amelach is asking here. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. And more than that, it's not enough that shame that you forgive my sin. I'm asking from you. Fashion a pure heart for me, O Hashem. Create in me a steadfast spirit. Give me, and this is beautiful, because Teshuvah depends on me, right? If I don't do Teshuvah, Hashem is not going to make the Teshuvah for me. But I'm asking from Hashem to help me in which ways. Hashem, don't be so strict. Look to the other side. Don't pay so much attention to my state. And also, help me to purify my heart. Let the whole Berali Elohim, like having a new heart, and a spirit. I'm going to... Okay. Do not cast me out of your presence. Take your Holy Spirit away from me. Hashem, you are mad at me, you are upset at me, I did not behave, I did this, this, this. I'm regretting, I'm asking for forgiveness, but also I need you, Hashem, to welcome me again, to give me a new heart, to allow me to be in your presence. Let me again rejoice in your help. Let a vigorous spirit sustain me. And this Pasuk is amazing. Look at Pasuk 15. And this is very much the style of David Amelech. David Amelech is teaching us something formidable. David is usually kind of telling Hashem, Hashem, it's also worth it for you. Forgive me, it's going to be good for you also. You know why? I will teach transgressors your ways, that sinners may return to you. If you forgive me, Hashem, this is going to be an amazing teaching and lesson on Teshuvah. Everybody is going to learn from my terrible action and the, the, the amazing possibility that you give me to regret and to start a new page Everybody's going to learn the ways of your Teshuvah. And I think this is beautiful. I'm not going to continue the whole... Uh, he, he ends up praying to be able to pray in the Betamikdash because David Amelech, what desires more than anything else is to maintain his closeness, his connection to Akadosh Perku. In many Mitzvahim of Teilim we see that my, my son is thirsty for you, Hashem. He's all the time wanting the, the Kirvah the closest of Hashem is good for me. And with this I finish. I told you that what the Abarbanel says. The Abarbanel says, here. I, I, I am skipping a little bit. Why David and Melech, I, I am summarizing. To sum up, if scripture called him a sinner, and he confessed to his sin, how can a person be in error if he believes him? It is better that, say, that I say, oh, I'm speaking against those that cover the David Amelech's sin. So he says, it's better that I say, 
that he grievously sinned. Yes, his sin was grave, terrible, and greatly confessed and fully repented and received his punishment. And thus, his sins achieved atonement. This is the biggest lesson that we have from David Melech. His sin was grave, but his teshuvah was great. And there was forgiveness. And there was forgiveness with consequences, which is still good. Imagine a, a, a child that does something terrible and is going to have severe consequences. The parents are going to take away the car. It's going to have curfew. It's not going to be able to go out. It's gonna... But the most important thing is that after this, that father is going to be able, is going to agree to maintain the relationship, to embrace the child. I'm still your dad. I love you. This is what Hashem does with that. Thank you so much. We're going on a break. Based on after 4th of July, we will discuss as to the continuity of this class. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.